You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. Ooh, it's cold. It's cold. Chilly. It's, it, it's not going to last long around here, but whew, I have the heat on. I have a. I have thermal yes. leggings on. It's you do? chilly. I've been keeping myself real busy so I don't freeze to death. But we just had Halloween. Did you get any trick-or-treaters at your house? <sighs> no. Are there none or were you just not there? I just wasn't there. Yeah. We had a slow year. Uh-huh. And part of it, I think, was because I didn't put on my Halloween spectacular spectacular. Why? Because I wasn't People here. love it. I, I know. And I love it, too. And I got so... So many people, well, okay, my son Troy had a performance at School of the Arts. Oh, that's right. He's a, a theater major we, there. Mm-hmm. So I had to go see him in the show. Now, I whoever. complain s- about the scheduling. Thank you. Yeah, I'm right. Uh huh. I, I wore. Halloween night, and <laughs> Troy's how old? Uh, he's 17. Yeah, it, so, it was his I mean, birthday, Halloween. Right. Yeah, so not only was it his birthday and Halloween, but he had to perform. Right. So I wore a T-shirt that I found at TJ Maxx. It had a picture of a ghost on it with, with holding his thumb down, and it said "boo." <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it was like boo. "boo." So I made. But by the time I got home, all the parents were like, "Where's the witch? Where's the Aww. cauldron? Where's the fog?" Aww. I'm like, I was like, "Well, all the other witches just called a up. meeting tonight, <laughs> yeah. and I just got home from witch work." <laughs> all the kids. Oh, I was so I was so disappointed, Aww. and maybe that's why it was slow but even once we turn i mean uh-huh. i still had the yard lit up i was gonna say if you haven't seen liz's yard which you probably haven't no. we're in charleston south carolina and you drive up and it's this there are skeletons coming out of the <laughs> ground yes. and there are hands <laughs> and skulls and jack-o'-lanterns are all around the door it's beautiful it's lots of fun usually i create my turn my entire front yard into a cemetery and i have 50 tombstones and we build a little gate around (laughs) it and then i'm usually in the middle i'm a witch or i'm a ghost or i'm a grieving widow but last year all the kids Mm. came and went by like seven Uh uh-huh i was so mad right i'm like "I i have a light show going on you little Peppers come when it's dark, for God's sakes. So I don't know. Next year, I might do a maze next year, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Does your husband know that? What kind of maze? (laughs) Like one that a human can go through? Yeah, I was thinking of going to Legree Farms and getting like corn stalks. What is wrong with you? (laughs) 
I don't know. I, it'd be great. No, would, don't. It would be hard. Me, it'd be it really, would be really very But hard. I was thinking of not like a really hard maze. Like I maybe two dead ends. Okay. And you basically can come right to hey. the front door. Yeah. And oh, then that's I'll, cool. I'll and I'll take some of those skeletons and put them at the dead end. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, I do. But I could do it with hay bales and corn stock. Corn stocks wouldn't be expensive. I could right. probably get them at our family farm. Okay. Uh, I was telling one of the neighbors about it, and he's like, "I'll come plow up your whole front yeah. yard. We'll plant <laughs> right. corn." I'm he's like, "Let's go for it." I'm like, "Okay, well, that's." Rob, <laughs> that's Rob, what he doesn't want. He would have a little issue yeah. with that one. But yeah. anyway, so diving into our mailbox, we got a nice message from a lovely young woman named Teresa, whose last name I cannot pronounce. Mm. Uh, I love all you viewers. You all have such hard names. It's Crise or Crise. Okay. It looks a little like Crise. With a K? It's, it's kind of a great name. It's, it's with a K, but, but I'll just call her lovely Teresa. Good. But she says, hi, Liz and Mark. I'm listening to episode 23. I heard you wondering about telephones. My mama grew up during the Depression and her family had a phone. I remember her explaining that they had to have a phone because her daddy was a foreman at the local paper plant and needed to be reached at all times. Uh, they would leave their uh, door unlocked 24-7 for everyone to use the phone. No way. People would come into the house at all hours to use the phone. No. They, wow. If they were able, they would leave a pen on the phone table. Oh, that is too cool. Can you imagine you're just sitting no, around like maybe you're having an argument with your spouse and someone comes in, I'm sorry, I'm just here to use the phone. I'm going to leave a penny though. <laughs> and then you can hear their phone call. They're like, yeah, right. Mabel, meet me down at the rendezvous. What? Yes. It's like you live in a phone booth. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun though? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of fun. That's but I great. thought that was a cool story. I love that. And then we just had another lovely little message from Melissa Siegel. And mm-hmm. she says, I've been listening to my grandma's diary since the beginning, and I love it. My family and I have recently been going through some difficult times, but your podcast cheers me up. I'm about your ages, maybe a little older, but I have always considered myself an old soul who was born too late. So thank you for bringing Grandma's Diaries to life. It almost feels like I'm there. You two are the cutest together. I love that you have been friends for so long and are still so close. Keep up the good work. I'm a little bit flippant right now. Uh, it's, it's messages like that that <laughs> really know. make this all worthwhile. Yeah. Isn't that nice? I yes. know. That, I know that almost made Melissa, me cry thank too. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm sorry your family's going through difficult times. And yes. We're here for you. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the, yeah, that's what I love. I love. We're that. up to almost 300 reviews on Apple. Yay. Um, so I'm very grateful for those of you who have heard my beck and call. But but today, mm-hmm. 924 people have already downloaded this podcast, and it's only 1 o'clock. Really? So if all those people had written a review, uh-huh. as I always say, this podcast would explode. So write your reviews. Yes, I'm just please. starting off. And did we say hey to all the Bettys yet? Nope. Hey, Bettys. Hi, Bettys. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and here we go. Hi, this is Donna from Nashville, Tennessee, listening to My Grandma's Diaries. I love it. <laughs> I actually made notes about last week's episode. Okay. <laughs> so yes. I'm prepared for today. But last week, the episode, the family took a trip to Big Springs. Yes. They went with some other families that they've made friends with. Mm-hmm. So the Hartzels are coming into town loud and large. They're making friends. They're going on little day trips with them. They um, they met some CCC boys at this camp. And one of them took Elizabeth's picture. Remember? Right. Yep. Oh, my God. That was so cool. Grandpa in Step Rock had his eye removed. That's right. And we had a good time. 
time thinking about that. Elizabeth is dating a boy named Bill and a boy named Jack at the same time, but we really can see her falling hard for Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she has a little bit of a love feeling. She said that she had never liked a boy as much as this except for Bill back in Bell. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's really in the running. But that doesn't stop her from going out with Bill. She's doing that a lot. She got mad at Jack a couple of times for drinking last episode. That's a death knell right there. So that poor, come on, Jack, get it together. And then Jack, whose family owns the general store, asked her to be the queen to represent their store at the Bollinger County Fair that's coming up. She, of course, accepts. Now, we also see that she's playing with an orchestra now. That's Mm -hmm. what she calls it. I guess we would call it like a garage band. Right. (laughs) Right. So I know there's at least a guitar, drums. The midnight something. The midnight harmonies. Harmonies. That's a t-shirt. Yes, Wouldn't that, Oh, we need. There are two the t-shirts we need to harmonies. make. The Midnight Harmonies and one I thought of the other day. Oh, I can't we remember. We need to remember that. We need to like make notes sometimes yeah. while we talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, she kind of has a job. Uh-huh. She's uh-huh. making a little bit of money with the Midnight Harmonies. Mm-hmm. And she was also practicing. I guess all the nominated queens had to sing a little song or something. But she won the contest. And she is the 1935 Bollinger County Fair Queen. Isn't that cool? It's the best. We will. We'll cry ourselves to sleep every night for the rest of our lives that that picture I know. that was taken of her is lost. But I'm telling you, yeah. there is somebody in St. Louis. Who has it? Who knows where to find it? I know. Who knows an archive? Who knows a historical foundation? Who can go to that library mm-hmm. and maybe dig a little deeper? Who's bored today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they, because that, I mean, oh my gosh. And then, of course, um, both Francis and Bess, Elizabeth's mom, win prizes mm-hmm. at the county fair. Two cookies, an apple jelly, um, a spice cake or devil's food cake, and a pillow top. Yes. When I thought about I can't believe we didn't mention last week that when Frances won first place for her devil's food cake, yeah. that I wonder if she did what I did and put all the powdered sugar for the icing in <laughs> the actual cake. You did indeed do that. <laughs> we did that on a live, and that was, it was the best devil's food cake ever. Give Basically, the flour sugar. is sugar and sugar is flour in yeah. the recipe that we did. <laughs> right. Well, we did actually put the flour what back in, do? too. Yes. We just realized we'd we just also re- put in like three <laughs> cups of powder. <laughs> confectioner sugar. sugar. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. It y'all. was a good cake. You have no idea. It's a little sweet. It's okay. Sweet. <laughs> Three we cups just, we didn't conve- have to ice it. That's right. That's the what icing happened. was built in. Yeah, so that's what's going on. And okay, so we have a little bit of an announcement to make before we get into the diary. This is our final episode for season one. So basically, what that means, well, we have different seasons. Oh. I know you're making a face. This is the podcast season. Oh. So for us, this show uh-huh. is going to finish the first diary. So we're coming to the end of the first five-year diary. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break Mm -hmm. after today because I still have not gotten my hands on the banner press. How's that going? Badly. The library here in Charleston, whatever connections they have in Missouri are not lending. But I told the woman at the Charleston County Library, I said, hey, the women at the Bollinger County Library sounded willing to loan these tapes. And she's like, we've reached out and no one is willing to do it. So I emailed, well, I emailed the library and I'm waiting for a response from them. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to pay someone at the library if they want to stay after work one night and take pictures for me. I'll pay them for it. Mm -hmm. So that it will be solved. It's just not going to be solved this week. Okay. So I would rather give us a little pause, give me time to get the banner press, which I know we'll be able to do one way or another. But in the meantime, we are going to have some content available for our loyal listeners. Next week after this, we're going to be posting an interview I did several 
several months ago with your mom and her sister, the twins that we always talk about. It was on our Patreon months and months ago now. So I'm going to release that for everybody to hear. And then they are offering to do a part two twins interview (laughs) and they're going to talk all about their life growing up in marble hill they know Mm -hmm. some of these people that we have spoken about getting into familiar territory for for the twins and for them it's real heartwarming territory because this is where they grew up this is home that's right so we're going to have that for you we're also going to stage a reading of hobgoblin house (laughs) have Have you read it yet i have there's there's some problematic uh, (laughs) language in this play that i'm going to cut But the play itself, I haven't finished it, but it's cute uh-huh. as a button. And so All we're right. going to have a good time. So we are going to have some content for you guys, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll definitely let you know. But we're not taking a break for any other reason other than I need some more research materials. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. So since yep. I don't have access to the Banner Press, I'm taking little tours of Marble Hill. We've mm-hmm. already been to the Trail of Tears State Park. Mm-hmm. We talked about the cemetery where Elizabeth ate ice cream. And just 15 miles outside of downtown Marble Hill and on the grounds of the Bollinger Mill lies the Beaufortville, and I could be saying that wrong, mm-hmm. someone will tell me, mm-hmm. Covered Bridge. This landmark is Missouri's oldest still-standing covered bridge, mm-hmm. looming over the Whitewater River. Construction first began in 1858 under the direction of Joseph Landsman and was completed around 1867 due to delays caused by the Civil War. So this wow. is a beautiful right. wooden We'll have a picture of it on the Patreon. It's a beautiful wooden bridge. You can Google it. The Beaufort Covered Bridge serves as a representation of the multiple bridges that spanned rivers and creeks across Missouri. Travel was necessary for the transportation of goods and materials across the state. This meant waterways needed to be bridged as efficiently as possible. Mm. For the Marble Hill area, the Beaufortville Bridge connected the nearby Bollinger Mill with the town, Mm. allowing farmers to easily transport their grain to the mill. Most bridges in Missouri were privately owned and required travelers to pay a toll to cross them. This also applied to the Beaufortville Covered Bridge, although they stopped collecting toll fees in 1906. Mm -hmm. The end of the collection of tolls came about when a group of local farmers broke down the bridge's gate and refused to pay any fees to cross the bridge. Uh, (laughs) So go The troll at the bottom of the bridge. It's a beautiful, beautiful... Is it? It's this right here. Let me see. Can you see that? Oh. And that's the mill oh, there wow. at the end. Yeah, I'm going to put that whole oh, picture. Yeah. We'll have to go there. Yes, I mean, definitely. That's okay, so beautiful. That was, yes, different than I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just a little tour of the city that I like giving everyone. October 1st, 1935. After dinner, Maxine called and Francis and I got ready and went down there. We just sat around. Francis took her samples and we looked at them, listened to the radio... Francis is learning to play Maxine's ukulele. We brought it home. I had to go to town, took the kids, went down to Hopkinsville to see the broadcasting outfit. After supper, I read until all the family got ready to go down to hear the broadcast. I went and we sat in the car. I sent a request in for In a Little Gypsy Tea Room, and they played it for me. Came home and finished my book. Gee, I'm so sleepy. It's cold. And we don't have a stove. Wow! How, what an interesting entry. There are there's a lot there's in a that, lot but the there. one that stands out the most yeah. is we what? don't have a stove. Right. So while things are doing well for the family, not well enough that they have a stove in their mm-hmm. home. It's October. Right. 
So that was that was kind yeah. of shocking because things seemed to have been going so well. You know, everybody's yeah. buying a new dress or they're getting hose and they're buying candy and they're going out and they're getting Cokes. And I thought things were looking up, but that's a sign that mm. we're not quite there yet. Right. Now, Frances took her samples. Yep. Frances, even back in Bell, was selling material and little fabrics uh-huh. and notions and things. Billy would come over yeah. and look at her, quote, samples. So she's still doing this in Marble Hill. And that's how she's been making her like money. Avon? No, like, I mean, not probably literal. like literal fabric samples. Yeah. Like you could order a bolt of this fabric or a couple yards of this right. fabric or these buttons or these kinds of like okay. laces. So they're just little and they can say, oh, please send me three yards of that. I, can I make a dress. gotcha. Every, oh, I understand. We've read an entry before where Elizabeth had to go to the depot to pick up her stuff her that have fabric. arrived. So they're orders okay. that have come in. I understand. So yeah, that's what Francis was doing to make money, okay. which is a very salesman-y yes, you know, sure kind is. of thing. That's I think what that's I'm super thinking cool. thinking Avon in the back of my head, yeah. Yeah. And I saw that, you know, Maxine has a ukulele. Yeah. And the song in a little gypsy tea room, I think, is a ukulele song. But we played a ukulele song in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, Old Fashioned Love or something like that. And it got me curious about, is there a ukulele craze going on? And well, sure enough, it kind of was. Yeah. The ukulele was, is, everybody thinks of it as a Hawaiian instrument, but it's mm-hmm. really Portuguese. And Portuguese oh. people introduced the ukulele to Hawaii, and it became famous when the uh, royal gatherings, the kings would want ukuleles played. Oh. So it kind of became a Hawaiian tradition gotcha. that makes us all think it's Hawaiian music. And the ukulele's low cost made it a very popular instrument during the Great depression Mm -hmm. when other instruments like pianos and tubas would have been unaffordable. And there's one more type of ukulele. Professional ukulele players use all different kinds. There are tenor, baritone, soprano versions of ukuleles. And the most interesting ukulele fact I found was that Beatle George Harrison mastered the ukulele, but he also had a fondness for the ukulele and often gave them as gifts. So the Beatles made it into our podcast. (laughs) Hashtag Beatles. But yeah, even... Um, the, the ukulele first made its appearance in the United States in 1915 and became such a craze that there were even cartoons I found in old newspapers about the ukulele, ukulele oh, yeah? craze of 1916. All right. So that's kind of fun. So Elizabeth and Francis are playing one. That's part of our soundtrack then. Oh, we need to. A ukulele. To. Oh, right? 100%. I have a picture hmm. of the sheet music from 1934 of okay. A Little Gypsy Tea Room. Yeah, yeah. And considering that Elizabeth always played like the hits especially yeah. with the Midnight Harmonies. Yeah. It, it might have been the very sheet it. music she had. And of course, mm. I found it on the YouTube, so I'm going to play a little snippet for you right now. It was in a little gypsy tea room When I was feeling blue It was in a little gypsy tea room I first laid eyes on you When the gypsy came to read the tea leaves It made me feel quite gay When she said that someone in the tea room Would steal my heart away October 2nd, 1935 We washed this morning. I sliced apples and ironed my brown skirt that mother had washed, but it is all spotted. After dinner, we went down to Maxine's and we went up to Mr. Barker's about being in a contest. It is to be on Saturday. If we win, we get $5 a piece. 
We went back to Maxine's house and sat around. I phoned KFUS in Cape and told them to play The Girl with the Dream for me. We listened to the mailbox program, and my request was the last one. I packed up and was coming home, and Jack picked me up. He said he was coming up tonight. After supper, I wrote a letter to Reva. Ward came, but Francis wasn't here, so I sat in the car with him until she came. Jack came, and we sat around. Francis took us riding. We went down to Ward's, came back, and sat some more. It's funny that I get so confused. She She's waiting for Ward, and then Ward comes, and then they go to Ward's, mm-hmm. which I believe Ward's is a place. I do, too. And, Did you but, ask the twins this? No, this is, I'm saving it for when I interview them okay. for Twin Talk. <laughs> twin Talk on Tuesdays. Twin Talk on Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do drop on Tuesdays. That's hilarious. Uh, but because later, because like I said uh-huh. a million times, I've read ahead, they go to Ward's and they right. have a hamburger and a Coke. So Ward's mom's not is in a, there flipping burgers. <laughs> so it's got to be a place. But I can <laughs> always assume that was their last name. Right. You know, like... Uh, it's very confusing. But nonetheless, there, Mr. Barker is having a contest. That's vague. Yeah, that is vague. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's funny how little information she gets us. I did look for KFUS in Cape, mm-hmm. and I don't find KFUS in Cape. Oh, yeah? It was in different locations in the state, oh. so that's very interesting. But I also found The Girl with the Dream, so I'm going to play a little bit for you now. I'm dancing with the girl of my dreams When I'm dancing with you I'm gliding on a rainbow, it seems Watching my love dreams come true Pardon me if I should hold you tightly After all, in slumberland, I've held you nightly. I'm dancing with the girl of my dreams when I'm dancing with you. October 3rd, 1935. I helped around the house this morning, made some good old fudge with peanuts in it, After dinner, I cleaned up and went for Maxine. We got some bills up at Mr. Barker's and started out to customers for his station on Sinclair Day. We walked all the way to Lutesville, and after we got there, we walked all over town. I got a few promises from business people, walked all the way back to Marble Hill, and I had blisters on my feet. Came home and rested, ate fudge. Jack came up, and he had the car. We went to Lutesville and Glen Allen, came back by Ward's, came over and sat in front of the house a while. So Glen Allen is yet another little town. It's to the west of Marble Hill. Okay. And so there's so many little towns. You know, there's Lutesville, there's Glen Allen, there's uh, Lawrence or Lawrence. I don't know how you pronounce it. There's Hopkinsville. Right. So sometimes now when I'm looking for these people online, I don't put in Marble Hill. I put in Bollinger County. Oh, is that right? Because they could be in Lutesville. And they won't be on the Marble Hill census. So remember I told you a couple episodes ago, I'm walking around Marble Hill like I did in Bell. And I can't find any of these people yeah well maybe they live in Lutesville. oh or they live really? in glenn allen there you go so i i but it's hard for me to go to all those censuses right well you know it's getting harder my mother walked everywhere she remembers just walking everywhere yeah. in marble hill well i and walked I everywhere Lutesville here is 
is part of it now. It is now. Yeah. Now it's in- now incorporated it into one town, but it's yeah. just a little bridge away. Correct. It's not far. But yeah, what else were you going to do but walk or ride a little yeah. bicycle if you got right. lucky? Right. Oh, gosh. Well, we learned a little bit more about Mr. Barker and this contest. Mm-hmm. Mr. Barker is Lucille's dad, oh. her across-the-street neighbor who just got dumped by her boyfriend, Walt. <laughs> her dad's name was Thomas Rufus Barker, and he was born in Kentucky, and actually that's where Lucille was born as well. And they move a lot, and I remember saying I couldn't find them on the census because I wanted right. an idea of where right. Elizabeth lived, but they were living in Jefferson, Missouri in 1930, and somehow they got to Marble Hill. And he's the operator of the gas station in town. Sinclair Oil, we don't have them around here, but they're that gas station that has a dinosaur as a logo. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it on road trips. I believe I have. I'm I'm sure if you saw a logo of it, you would see it. It's really an interesting story about the owner, Harry Sinclair. Mm -hmm. He was already the owner of a huge pipeline. I don't know where. But he, right before the Depression, he sold half of his interest to Standard Oil Mm -hmm. for $75 million. All right. Now, everyone thought he was crazy, but then the depression hit mm. and he was cash rich. Right. So he went around and bought old service stations that were struggling. And then he bought yet another pipeline and boom, Jeez. Sinclair Oil is born. Dang. He's one of the richest men in the world probably yeah. at that time. And they came up with the idea of the little dinosaur for their logo because I guess, you know, fossils. fossils. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so subtle. But you would even get little dinosaur stamps when you would mm-hmm. go in little coupon books. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening on Sinclair Day. So they're collecting payments for one thing, and then they're selling these coupon books. And you think, well, how does Liz know about the coupon books of gas stations? Well, yeah, that I was, yes. You know how I know? I'm wondering, yes. This is the weirdest thing. Okay. Last episode, we found an article in the Bell Banner that said, photo of Betty Hartzell in St. Louis newspaper. Remember? Yeah. Yes. So and when I was the other, epi- the other episode. It, uh, or- Edition. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. It was in St. Louis. But I took a screenshot of that little article from uh-huh. Bell Banner to add to you know my notes here. Yeah. Right underneath it, I'm showing you right now. Yeah, yeah. There's an article here. Underneath uh-huh. it says Shell coupon books sold during October. Uh- <gasps> and because of that little thing, it says Shell gasoline coupons to the value of six hundred and forty dollars were sold by local Shell employees during October to establish an all-time sales record for Bell. So right. that's how I knew that coupon books existed for right. gas stations. And when I read this a year later in a whole nother town, I'm like, it wait a minute. A ding, right. ding, 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 ding. Oh, wow. Love Isn't that it. funny? Yeah. How just a little something I accidentally kept in my screenshot. And the sentence is, we got some bills up at Mr. Barker's and started out to customers for his station on Sinclair Day. Yes. Yeah, so they're doing two things. Okay. The contest is how many coupon books can you sell? Yes. And they're collecting bills because people have credit. And he's uh, like, hey, go down to I gotcha. the Hopkins house. They and owe me $5 their, in yeah, gas. Money. Yeah, because you know, like when the women came to put gas in their car, the service guy would come out and do it. Back uh-huh. then, you didn't pump your own gas right. like you do today. Yeah. And they'd be like, put it on my tab. Yeah, right. And would be like, all right, Mrs. Yeah. You know, Wallace, whatever your right. name is. So isn't that funny? Got, that is. So they're trying to make a, a little money for themselves. And it's just so weird that I had that news article. Right. God. Right below that other news article that you found about I her. Know. So uh, I just need old newspapers. That's all I need. You'll get them. October 4th, 1935. Maxine and I started our prospecting this morning. We went to see Mr. Hacker and then kind of hung around uptown. After dinner, I went back down and we worked some more. 
went in Mr. Lander's office and he said he had some things to tell me sometime. Maxine thinks it's a job, and I do too. Kinda. Here's hoping, anyway. We went back to Maxine's and listened to the radio. Francis and I took the kids to a volleyball game in Lutesville. October 5th, 1935. Sinclair Day, and it would be raining. Francis took me and Maxine, and we started out under an umbrella. We went up to the station and around town, stayed down at Allen's, and I helped Mary Ellen write a theme. We took Mr. Jones's car to have it fixed. I ate dinner with Maxine, came home about five. All us girls went to Lutesville to have our shoes fixed. After supper, I rested and read until almost nine. Then Dad took me over to the dance, played with Unc before it started. Glenda and I went to wards at intermission. Len was there. He went back with us and danced with me. Ray brought us home. October 7, 1935. After dinner, I went to sleep for a long time, cleaned up and went to Maxine's, went to see Mr. Barker. He paid us $2.50 for our work, went back and sat on the bench. Mary Frances and Helen sat with us a while. We went up to the station. Mr. Blackwell finally came. Mr. Barker motioned for us to come up. We won the contest, but instead of $5 a piece, it was between us. After supper, Jack came up just as we were going to Maxine's. We talked a few minutes, and then he took me down. So that's cool that they won the little Sinclair Day contest, but they had to split the five dollars. Right. But hey, they already had to split the two fifty, and then they split the five. Say, yeah. And I can't do math; I have no idea how much money they got. But for a couple of days' work right. and some blisters, that's right. good money. Yeah, for those girls in nineteen thirty-five. Two years ago, she was making nothing picking mm-hmm. strawberries oh, with snakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, exactly. Now, yeah, she's yeah. in the money. I know, good for her. And then, you know, from those, all I can say is I hope Jack didn't find out about Len dancing with her right. because a couple episodes ago he was jealous. Jealous Jack. Of that. Um, but I guess you just dance with someone. They're sure. just your friend. It's not like, Ooh, yeah. I, but I don't know, does Elizabeth count that as a date? We'll, well, fi- we'll find out in the wrap-up. Right, the wrap-up. <laughs> but I love that she's um, right. making some money. Now, yes. and we also have some Nazi news. Wah, okay, wah. yeah. On this day, October 12th, 1935, Hitler and his Nazi regime bans jazz music from all its radio stations. Mm-hmm. Beep was a derogatory term. It's a word I'm not going to say out loud. Y'all can all use your imaginations. Hmm. Beep was a derogatory term used by the Nazi party during the Third Reich to demonize musical styles that had been invented by black people, such as the blues and jazz. The Nazi party viewed these musical styles as degenerate works created by an inferior race and were therefore prohibited. At at the same time, even this applied to indigenous music styles of black Africans. So the Graceland album would have done really badly in Nazi Germany. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. When stuff like that, when you start banning music books, there's an issue. Yes. (laughs) It is in your face. It is. Exactly. And everyone's like, okay. And other countries aren't like clutching their pearls going, what? I know. Well, it was just as bad in America. Right. I mean, jazz and blues and well, the feeling around them, swing music. Sure. And I mean, but 
that brings me to the Swing Kids, were a group of jazz and swing lovers in Germany in the 1930s, mainly in Hamburg and Berlin. They were mainly composed of 14 to 18-year-old boys and girls, and they defied the Nazis by listening and dancing to the same band music in private quarters, clubs, rented halls, and vacant cafes. Hmm. The Swing Kids gave the impression of being apolitical, similar to their zoot suitor, um, counterparts in North America. Mm-hmm. But on the 18th of August in 1941, in a brutal police operation, over 300 swing kids were arrested. The measures against them ranged from cutting their hair Ugh. and sending them back to school under close monitoring to the deportation of their leaders to concentration camps. Wait, where was this? In Germany. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. 300 kids, 14 to 18. They either cut all their hair off and send them back to school where they're monitored. So maybe these were just the kids who were dancing. But the kids who put the dances together were sent to concentration camps for dancing and jiving around to jazz and blues Mm. and swing music. Mm -hmm. There's a 1993 movie called Swing Kids, Mm -hmm. which gives a fictional account of this very thing that was Mm. happening. So I am going to play a little Swing Kids music for you guys to kind of get you in the mood of things that were all wrong about Nazi Germany. But Mm. when I was looking at the soundtrack for the movie, Mm-hmm. There's a, a little jazz uh, um, background, like just instrumental, yeah. called Daphne. Aww. My daughter's name is Daphne. Yes, is. So maybe I'll play a little snippet from that too. But yeah, can you imagine? And then, of course, there's the, the Swing Kids song I'm going to play is By Mir Bist Du mm-hmm. which is German for uh, you are like really cool or you're really great. Mm-hmm. And it was sung by the Andrews sisters. Okay. So I'm going to play that for you guys right now. <laughs> I've known and I've known some Until I first met you I was lonesome And when you came inside Dear, my heart grew light And this old world seemed new to me You're really swell I have to admit you Deserve expressions that really fit you And so I've racked my brain Hoping to explain All the things that you did to me Call me to shame Please let me explain Call me Means your brain. Hi, this is Valerie from Virginia, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. October 13th, 1935. I walked to Sunday school this morning, went by for the camp girls, but they were gone home for the weekend. 
I wore my black satin dress, new shoes, purse, gloves, and hat. After dinner, I got ready to go hiking with Jack. Jack came and asked me to go to the show. I had to change. We went down to the store, got Charles and Mr. Hopkins. After waiting a while, we went to Jackson. Came home and let the back seaters out. We went to Lutzville. Took Charlie Bollinger with us. Jack told him we were going to advance to get married. After supper, Jack came by with a car and brought Ch- Catherine and Charles and took a long ride. We sat on the porch with Francis when we got back and watched a bunch of kids argue. Beautiful night. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's cute. It. That, oh, look at those kids fighting. Night. What a great night. Yes. <laughs> but there are a lot of interesting things in okay. this one. First of all, she wore my black satin dress. Remember back in Belle, she took mm-hmm. Grandma's black dress yes. and ripped it up and made a new dress out of remember. it? I remember. That's it. Yes, Isn't indeed. that fun? Yes. And we did post that picture of Grandma wearing her black satin dress the one with where she's her husband. The book. Yes. Yeah, we think it's Wuthering Heights and not the Bible. <laughs> well... Actually, it looks more like a magazine. Does now it? that Yeah, it's real thin. So it's neither. I it's wonder neither. what she's holding. I know. I know. Me too. Oh, what? I zoomed gosh. into it. Did you? To no avail. Ah. Well, and then Catherine and Charles, who mm-hmm. went on the ride with her, those are Jack's little brother and sister. Mm-hmm. It's a very family-oriented family. Mm-hmm. You all, you'll always find her going to the movies with him and his whole family. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Their dates are like going out with the Waltons, like everyone is going. <sighs> or it reminds me of that scene in The Godfather when uh-huh. Michael Corleone is dating that girl in Italy, uh-huh. but the whole family's walking behind yes. him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. And then I was really curious about we went by for the camp girls, but they were gone home for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what in the world is this? So I did a little hopping around newspapers.com, yeah. and I found this article, NYA Project in Southeast Missouri. It says, it may be of interest to know that Southeast Missouri has the only girl camp in the whole state maintained by the government under the NYA and located at Marble Hill. No, The girls are very fortunate to have an opportunity for training such as is given there. Besides the regular literary training and music, they are taught in practical homemaking, cooking, sewing, weaving, and needlework. The government has two trained nurses among the teachers and the directors of their training. So there's this whole article about, oh, one of the coolest things. Hmm. It says, the girls are taught to make old clothes over again. And that is a real part of their work. Any ladies in Stoddard County, which is where I found this article. If you want to help our girls and the good name of our county, you may gather up these old cloaks, shoes, stockings, Mm. and dresses and leave them with this person. And it said they would make them into whole, like they'd get a dress and make like a skirt right? and a little blouse out of it. Isn't that fun? And now we know I why Elizabeth go. Wright wore, she wore her black satin dress, her new shoes, purse and gloves and hat to yeah. show off. Like uh, she probably made and Most maybe she wanted to talk to those camp girls about exactly. it. Exactly. But NYA was the National Youth Administration, and it was established in 1935 by the United States government to combat the unemployment issues facing underprivileged youth in the United States after the Great Depression. The NYA was a section of the Works Progress Administration. There you go. Once and again. you know who this was the brainchild of? Who? Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, really? So she went to her husband and said, Can't we do something for, for the, the women? 
Uh-huh. And they started these camps. Uh-huh. And one of the heads of this program mm. was, uh, at the time, Lyndon B. Johnson, wow. who will become the president after uh-huh. John F. Kennedy. He actually went to it. He couldn't afford to go to college, and he went to a teacher's college. Mm. So he was really involved with education. And, okay. and so that would, he was probably a perfect person right. to lead this okay. program. Now, even more interesting, the NYA's special fund mm-hmm. provided educational aid and work-study programs to black college students. There you go. Isn't that nice? Yes. So even helping black women, which God knows they needed it. Mm -hmm. And the program lasted until 1943 when Congress just refused to fund it any longer. So I don't know what happened other than the fact that I think the boost of the economy of World exactly. War II that happened often helped with these, these programs. Women. Right. You know? They probably just didn't need it anymore because exactly. there were so many opportunities. That was the point to them in the first place right. was to sort of make them self-sustaining mm-hmm. eventually. Yes. Which they did. So another lovely program by our favorite president and his, wife, and his wife, who never had to change her last name. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Those Roosevelts. <laughs> October 15th, 1935. Ironed until the current went out. After supper, I went riding with all the family but Dad. Francis got out at Ward's, so I drove. Cat was on the corner with Jack and Charles. Later, Cat and Jack were down at the courthouse, talking to Wilma and Bob for quite a while. Let him do it. I'll get him back. Quote, we're not going steady, and it's no crime to date someone else. End quote. Mm. <gasps> I had mentioned mm-hmm. in last week's episode that Cat might be causing a little drama mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. And so it begins. Cat is a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. We have her picture on the Patreon already. She's an older woman mm-hmm. in these pictures, but she's beautiful. And hmm. so here we go. But at the end of the September wrap-up, they had gone out. 12 times. Mm -hmm. So why aren't they going steady by now? I mean, Jack and Elizabeth. Right. 12 dates in September. I mean, she talks about how much she likes him. Mm -hmm. He made that joke that they were going to advance to get Mm -hmm. married. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. hanging out with another girl. Mm -hmm. I don't understand dating in 1935, but Mm -hmm. I would be mad. But you can Mm -hmm. tell. I love it. Let him do it. I'll get him back. I'll get him back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's funny. October 17th, 1935. Leon told something to Jack, and I was so mad. It didn't make him mad, because he called twice while I was gone, so I called him. We had a long conversation. I bet what Leon told Jack was, mm-hmm. Elizabeth saw you with Kat, and she's mad at you. Mm, yeah, right, something <laughs> but, like so, that. And then Jack must have panicked, because uh-huh. he called her twice. Uh-huh. He's probably like, no, 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 no. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, while they're going through their love drama, we have a little bit more Nazi news. Okay. It's firing up now. It's 1935, so we're going to be getting a lot more of this. See if we can learn from the past. (laughs) Good luck with that. The German cabinet convened in Berlin for its fall session and promulgated a new law forbidding marriage in the case of either party having a hereditary disease. Right. They have been doing this since day one. Mm. They, they were forcing sterilizations on, mm-hmm. like, blind people, on criminals, mm-hmm. on people with mental health. Hey, hey, guess what? Cancer can be a hereditary disease. Mm-hmm. I have to have right. mammograms earlier than most women because I mm-hmm. have breast cancer on my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. You're going to forbid me from getting married? Yeah. I mean, it's just... 
It's so creepy. Yeah. But this, but here's what's even worse. These were called the Nuremberg Laws, mm-hmm. and they knew they were bad because they decided, oh, okay, we we made these laws in 1935, but let's not talk about them publicly until after the 1936 Olympics. Uh-huh. Because they didn't want everyone to be like, oh, right. and of not course. come to the Olympics and spend their money. Wow, so they knew. They knew exactly what, they yeah, knew how evil it was. It's yeah, so evil, yeah, yeah. like, oh, let's wait to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. God, wow. I hate Nazis. Um, but this was, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> yeah, good. But of course, this was more than just about disease. This was also about any kind of interracial marriage between Christian and Jewish people. Oh, wow. Or between white and black people. Because remember, there were those soldiers from... Africa that were in the lower part of France, and you mm. were forbidden to marry them. And this was getting so bad that you couldn't even have a casual relationship with mm. a Jewish person for fear of being arrested or vilified or have your business shut down. So what this started to do was isolate the Jewish people from the Christians who even cared about them mm-hmm. even more for fear of the repercussions of, I have a Jewish friend, Awful. or I shop at a Jewish store. Mm-hmm. They, so they stopped. Mm-hmm. And this is starting to hurt the community. Even mm-hmm. before they get really hurt. Mm. Oh my gosh. In the Nuremberg Laws, there mm-hmm. was yet another plan that they wanted to enact called the Madagascar Plan, where they were going to take all the Jewish people, take them out of the country, and drop them off in Madagascar. Really? Yes, because they thought that since they had invaded France, and of course this is later, they haven't invaded France in 1935, but later when they have invaded France, they're like, okay, well now we own Madagascar too, because we own France, Uh and they can just drop off all the Jewish people there. Wow. That is interesting to me, particularly as a Southern historian, because remember, someone had reached out to us and said, oh, Hitler got the idea for concentration camps based on how we treated the Native Americans in this country. Mm -hmm. So he's also getting this idea from the Americans as well, because Mm -hmm. even Abraham Lincoln talked about taking black people and putting them someplace else, because he never thought that black and white people could be living Uh together. Uh So while he wanted to, well, actually... On the very night of December 31st, 1862, a day before the Emancipation Proclamation to end slavery, Abraham Lincoln signed a contract with Bernard Koch, an entrepreneur and Florida cotton planter, and their agreement was to use federal funds to relocate 5,000 formerly enslaved people from the United States to Haiti. To Haiti? Yeah. Now, there's also Liberia, which was also being formed in Africa to send black people to start their own community. Really? That was a failure. I had no idea. Yeah, just like this one. Lincoln saw colonization as a practical solution to wow. the millions freed by the Emancipation Proclamation. And that because he, he feared so many white people were so afraid that black people were going to come move up north. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so while the north fought to free the slaves, they didn't fight to give them equal rights. Right. It's so, yeah. yeah. So this was an unmitigated failure because the ship that was taking all of these black passengers was called the Ocean Ranger. On its way to Haiti, 30 of its passengers had died from smallpox. Mm. And a second ship was supposed to be following them Mm. with building living supplies. Mm. And it never left the United States. Wow. So they got there and they had nothing. And they had lied to them about it. And it was, it's, they compared it to the Trail of Tears. Sure. Right. Right. Isn't that awful? There's no freedom there. Yeah. And they, they, were sleeping on the ground. Right. I mean, they just had nothing to build houses with. And there was a no work, no rations policy. So it was basically the slavery. same thing. Mm-hmm. And then when the immigrant workers threatened, Cock, who had helped Lincoln plan this whole thing, mm-hmm. fled Haiti and left Dang. them there. 
So, and then the program died. Yeah, I but suppose. probably along with a lot of those people who probably never got back to America. No, I'm sure not. So yeah, I would think. God, it's I know. awful. But anyway, you just said, let's hope history doesn't repeat itself. Well, it just did from the Civil War mm-hmm. to the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. What's next? Mm. It could be happening right now, and it probably already has happened. Well, it happens all over the world. Somewhere anyway. in the world, yeah. Yeah, isn't that awful? Mm-hmm. But it was our Nazi news. Wah, wah. Yeah. October 22nd, 1935. Went to Maxine's, and after she had eaten and cleaned up, we went after the mail. After dinner, I took my sample to Jones's. We went in and talked to Francis a while, fooled around and ate a little lunch in Jones's. Then I went and worked with Mrs. Cobb. Worked after Maxine came up. After I got home, Ted came and invited us to a party. He wanted a date with me. Jack came and brought me some candy and a Coke. We sat on the porch and I told him about Ted, but said I wouldn't go. Ray came and got Francis and me. It was raining so hard. Mary Ellen couldn't go. The party was for Beulah Harker, who was leaving tomorrow. We had it at the Odd Fellows Hall. Hardly anyone came, and I didn't have any fun at all. I played for them, but there wasn't any use for me to go. I could have stayed with Jack. So here's Joneses. Mm-hmm. I think Francis must have a little job at Joneses. Okay. Because it says we took the samples, we talked to Francis, mm-hmm. and now she's calling them my samples. Yes, so she it is, looks right. to me like Francis has a job. So she's like, hey, sell my samples. You can mm-hmm. do that to make money. Mm-hmm. And then they had a little lunch in Joneses. I don't, well, mm-hmm. another question for the twins. Right. What is this? Words and But Jones. she talks about how uh, she went to work for Mrs. Cobb. So. Mrs. Cobb. Yes. She's uh, she's very vague in these diaries, but like I said, you know, on repeat, I've read ahead, so right. I know who Mrs. Cobb is, and I know what Maxine is doing. She always goes and visits Maxine, and Maxine calls her and says, come down here. Maxine yeah. worked for the telephone company. She was an, a telephone operator. So basically, back in those mm-hmm. days, you didn't just, I didn't, didn't call Mark. Yeah. I would call the operator and say, hi, Maxine, I'm trying to get in touch with Mark <laughs> yeah, McKinney. Right. And she's like, all right, Miss Liz, I'll connect you. <laughs> Click. Yeah. And then especially if a long-distance phone call came in, right. it would have to be routed Connected. through, and that was their job. So I'm imagine it was a pretty boring job Mm because the phone's not ringing off the hook but could you listen in the people's conversation (laughs) one million percent of really oh yes you could it will come up in this diary oh oh yes so elizabeth is getting a job at the telephone company too and mrs cobb is like the head she's a little older than them she's Mm -hmm. a trainer and that's who this mrs cobb is and it's funny because there are a lot of male Cobbs that okay. live in Marble Hill, mm-hmm. and I didn't know which one of their wives this Mrs. generic Cobb. Mrs. Cobb was. But I remembered the twins saying that they knew who she was, mm-hmm. and so I texted them and I said, "Hey, do you have any idea about how old she was mm-hmm. so I can narrow it down?" And they said, "Well, to us, she was extremely old, so she was probably forty. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll bet that's funny. Those twins. and they were a hundred percent right. Was she's, she forty-ish? She's about fifteen years older than Elizabeth, so she okay. wasn't even well when she'd be forty when she knew the twins. Okay. So they they called it right. That's funny. So I was able to find her and what an interesting life this woman will have. Dora Welker is born in 1902 in Bollinger County, and she was one of 11 children in her family. She'll end up marrying a man named Henry Allen Cobb in 1920, and they will have five children together, so right off the bat. But in 1929, her husband Henry dies. He worked for the railroad company. This is awful. Oh, no. He was carried. It's not that bad. Well, it's bad. Well, nothing is good. 
He was carrying a railroad tie. Yeah. And he tripped and fell, and it landed on his head. No, and that killed is him instantly. Yeah, that's, that's as bad as that it is bad gets. as we thought. Getting hit by a train is that yeah, what she thought? I yeah. was. Yeah, but it's this fine, is but bad. This is this is tragic. She's got five oh children, and Mrs. now she Cobb. has a dead husband. But have no fear. Oh. She will find love again in the arms of her brother-in-law, Dan Cobb. Now, Dan had also been married before, but his wife had died in 1927 of tuberculosis, and her death certificate said she'd had it for over a year and a half. So that was a long, hard way for her to go. So here we have... Perfect. We have Dora Cobb and her grieving brother-in-law, who, by the way... Mm -hmm. Hot, yeah. I have a picture of him. Go, Miss. He's Cobb. got like a neck, like he has muscles. He's, okay, he's really attractive. But you know, he had children. She uh-huh. had children. Yeah, Brady. Bell. They keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. They're 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 first cousins, so they can all grow up together and right? love each other. So then, she didn't after have to change her name, she and no, she did not. So then. In 1930, Dora's son, George, will die. He's only five years old. So her husband dies in 1929. Her little boy dies in 1930. Why? And then, uh, I don't have his death certificate. I don't know. I mean, little kids died easy back then. Um, So then she does, like I said, she marries her brother-in-law in in 1932. Mm -hmm. They will have four children together. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge family. Nine plus his. I think they had 11 kids at one point, and I guess that's too much for him because five years later, in 1937, he drops dead. Yeah. Yeah, Dan can cut it. And And now poor Dora has 11 children, and history is repeating. She was one of 11 children. She knows what this family dynamic looks for, and this time she waits a while. She won't marry again until 1957, and this time she marries a man named Howard Walker. But Howard will also contract tuberculosis. He died in 1960. They were only married for three years. Stay away from Dora. Oh, oh my gosh. Poor Dora (laughs) loses three husbands, a child. Oh, God. And she died seven years later in 1967 at the age of 64, and she left behind 20 grandchildren. Jeez. So she made a a big family. Yeah. A tragic life. Very much so. And she dies two years before your grandmother does. Okay. So Elizabeth would have certainly been so sad that her old boss- Because once Elizabeth works for this phone company, well, she'll end up even working for them a little while after she gets married. Okay. So Mrs. Cobb was a big part of her life. We have a wonderful picture of her. Of Mrs. Cobb? No, 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 no. Of oh. Elizabeth and the phone in company. The fo- yes, we can. Well, I was going to say, we can use it for the Patreon uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, yes, that'll definitely be one of the pictures okay. for sure. I feel like her telling Ted, hey, Jack, so Ted came Mm -hmm. over and asked me for a date, but I said, no, I'm not going out with Ted. So maybe you shouldn't be going out with Kat and maybe Uh. we should go steady. I'm thinking that she's fishing real hard to let Jack know I am also being courted by other people. So you better pay attention to me. I felt really sorry for Beulah Harker because no one came to her party and I don't know who she is. You'd Mm -hmm. think with a name like that, I could find her. You would. Nope. No. No. Cannot. So that's too bad. October 23rd, 1935. After supper, Jack called, but I said I had to play the piano at the dance tonight. Maxine phoned and said that Bob was in town. I went to Lutesville, and there he was. Came back and phoned to Jack, and he said he wasn't going with me tonight. Went down to Maxine's after supper. She said Kat had a date with Jack. 
He picked me up on the way home, and we quarreled in front of the house. Gee, I'm mad at Jack. Mm. So here she was, just saying Ted, but I said Mm -hmm. no. But now he has a date, Mm -hmm. like a real-life date. Hey, do you think Maxine overheard that on the phone? Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, now. Because maybe that's how she knows. Very well could be. Unless she, because all these girls are friends. They all go to Sunday school together. Oh, you know news traveled fast. Yeah, maybe Kat was like, "Mm, going up with Jack. You bet. Ooh. Uh. Yeah, so there's some drama. October 24th, 1935. Jack came around early, and we talked with the folks. Frances took us riding, came back and talked some more. At last, we were alone together, after all they went to bed. We didn't quarrel, but just talked things over and decided to forget it all. I believe he likes me, after all. October 25th, 1935. Had to take Dad to town for water because the school pump's broken. Cat was in Hopkins, and Jack was waiting on her. He waited on me and rather apologized. October 26, 1935. Jack came after eight. We ate apples and talked with Francis and mother. After we were alone, I invited him to dinner tomorrow. I also told him that if he went with Kat anymore, we would just automatically quit. He promised not to go with her. October 27, 1935. Went to Sunday school this morning. It was raining, and not many people were there. We didn't have a teacher, but had a good lesson. Kat and I were appointed to get money for church repairs. After I got home, I helped with dinner. Jack came. We looked at papers until dinner was ready. My picture was in the paper today. Francis took us to Lutesville. Jack came back after supper. We sat in the living room and talked. Kat asked me to ask Jack to go to the show at Jackson with her and Sam tonight. Fooey on her. I dread my job of asking for money with her. Whoa. <laughs> That's kind of bold as brass there, Kat. Seriously. Hey, Elizabeth, would you uh, ask Jack if he wants to go to the movies with I me and Sam? Know. Okay, bye. Exactly. <laughs> Cat. Cat's making a move. And there is the evidence. My picture was in the paper today, yeah. October 27th, 1935, in the St. Louis Post and Dispatch, which some heroic listener right now is going to go out and find for me. I thought it was in the second edition, no? Well, right. We yeah. don't know. Somewhere right. it exists. Okay. There's got to be a historical society. Uh-huh. There's got to be some archive of it. It can't just be newspapers.com isn't the end all be all. Right. There has got to be another copy of this. We would love to have it. Boy. I originally thought it was a picture of just her. Yeah. But when I I went back and was listening to, as I edited last week's Uh episode, when we talk about um, the Fair Queen, it says the photographer took our pictures. Okay. I think it's a a picture of her with all the queens. Maybe she's in the middle with the flowers. Right. But it's all of them. That makes sense. So we're looking for a group photo, not just a picture. That's why I think when you type in Betty Hartzell or Mary Elizabeth Hartzell in Mm newspapers.com, it's not going to pop up. It's going to say like Bollinger County. Fair Queens. Okay. Right? Sure. I'm telling you, it's somewhere. Interesting stuff. Cats and Hopkins. Jack's waiting on her. He sees Elizabeth. He's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. She came in. I had to <laughs> get her the buttons. Jack. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. He's asking yeah, her out. Maybe good, he's yeah. just, he's young. Well, he's exactly. 19. That's what I'm saying. Is that what he is? 19. Yeah. Looking, looking for trouble. Right. He's single, ready to mingle. <laughs> We have a picture of Jack. It's already on oh, uh, the Patreon from last episode. Yeah. It's, it's a cute little picture. All the, We have all the boys. 
October 30th, 1935. I set my hair and rolled it up this morning. After so many interruptions, we finally got started washing. It wasn't so very big. After dinner, the fire whistle blew, and it was Mary Kate's. After I took down my hair, I went up. Everyone was there. It burned to the ground. Poor people. Maxine came home with us. Mary stopped long enough to sew up a runner. We sat on the porch and talked after she left. Maxine and I went to Lutesville after some stuff. Saw where there was a fire this morning at 4 a.m. It burned to the ground, too. Met with the orchestra, and we practiced for the dance tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, <laughs> Two fires and practice. And, but my favorite part of this whole entry is like, after I took my hair down, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. She wasn't going out in curlers. Too funny. But interestingly enough, we met uh-huh. Mary Kate Newell in the last episode, and mm-hmm. she was the, quote, adopted daughter right. of Sam and Molly. And I thought, why mm-hmm. are they doing that? And it was right. because of this fire that I was able to find who oh. Mary, because she calls her just, she's never mentioned her last name. Okay. But as you, always, I'm looking you for- You found the fire and I'm then connected for, the dots. Mm-hmm. Nancy it came Drew. up in Marble Hill News. Okay. I don't know in what newspaper this was in, but mm-hmm. it says, Dwelling Burns, the dwelling of Sam Newell in Marble Hill, was completely destroyed by a fire on Wednesday night of this last week, only a few pieces of furniture being saved. Mm. So once I had Sam Newell, right. I looked him up to right. see- and it's Mary Kate's dad. It and that's really? how I found yeah. that family. Isn't that something? I know. I love it. I'm telling you, it's just at every Sleuthing. minute, I'm so disappointed in what I can't find. And then, well, boom, I find something really cool exactly. like that's that. That's a cool one. Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. But there's also another little article in a paper because, let's see. She says, met with the orchestra and we practiced for the dance mm-hmm. tomorrow night. And lo and behold, I found a little article mm-hmm. about that dance. Mm-hmm. And it says, benefit Halloween carnival. A Halloween carnival will be held tonight at the Marble Hill Schoolhouse and will be supervised by the loyal workers and intermediate Sunday school class, together with students of Marble Hill Grade School. Mm. Entertainment will consist of sideshows, contests, eat stands, etc. The proceeds derived from the carnival will be used to purchase chairs for the schoolhouse. So isn't that fun that I found that too? And it was um, with the Marble Hill Grade School. That Uh would be Helen and Dean. Oh, who right. are invisible sure. in the diary right, right now, now, but they're yeah. busy at school. And then the orchestra, her uh-huh. orchestra right. played with them. In this article, they mm-hmm. spell Halloween H-A-L-L-O-W-E apostrophe E-N. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't I didn't either, except I listened to that podcast through line, okay. which I talk about probably every episode. I'm obsessed. Oh, right. Mark. Yeah. If you listen, you should on your drive. Yeah. The latest episode of through line yeah, yeah. will get... I'm so mad. Okay, I will. I am so mad. Why? It's all about the Supreme Court. Oh. And by the end of it, you're like, what in what the world is happening here? Right. I'm it's, it's sure. Fa- they interview all these judges and lawyers, and I'll they do research on the foundings of the Supreme Court and how it's changed from what it was meant to be to what it is today. Mm. <gasps> it's like a nightmare. <laughs> it's crazy and, and, and unstoppable. Yeah. Which is, but it was a very good, that, and that's what Throughline does. They take something from its inception and bring it All to right. what it's like today. Okay. And they had one about Halloween. Mm-hmm. The spelling of Halloween derives from its earlier name, All Hallows' Eve, mm-hmm. which took place the night before All Hallows' Day, which is now known as All Saints' Day, which mm-hmm. is November 1st. And All Hallows' Eve was shortened to Halloween, Halloween. with an exclamation uh, 
uh, apostrophe, apostrophe, and then later to just straight up Halloween. All right. And the reason, it's interesting, uh, the reason we even have Halloween is because of the Catholic Church. Oh, really? Because the Celts celebrated their version of Halloween called Sawan. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. And this was a night in the fall when the barrier between worlds was thin and the dead could cross over. And if you didn't disguise yourself, Mm -hmm. evil fairies might spirit you away. Mm -hmm. And over time, the holiday shape-shifted because the Catholic Church came in and went, huh, they're doing this pagan thing. So let's, That's not in the Bible. Let's take it over. Right. So All Saints Day used to be in May, mm-hmm. and they like let's like let's make it November first, oh, so okay. that we'll oh, we'll we'll kind of take over the, what's weird? happening the night before. Yeah, uh-huh. and it becomes ours. And then when the Catholic Church is taking over this, what they do is you have to pray for All Saints Day, mm-hmm. but not everybody can do it because this is a time of harvest and things mm-hmm. are going on. So people would go to your house and say like, "Hey, I'll." I'll pray for you and your your ancestors on mm-hmm. All Saints Day mm-hmm. if you give me like some food. Mm-hmm. So going to the door mm-hmm. asking for a treat gotcha. to do a service kind of wow. evolved into Halloween. And the, right. the through line episode is called um, Dance with the Dead uh-huh. is a fascinating podcast. How wow. how Halloween became commercialized, how it came to America, uh-huh. Uh-huh. how Coors Light Really? Made Halloween really what it is today. Wow. And Elvira, your good friend that you did yes. Saturday Night Live with. It's fascinating. But yeah, I thought oh. that was fun that she played for a Halloween dance. And Halloween is still a relatively new thing uh-huh. in the 1930s. Really? I did not know. It's later when Halloween gets real fancy. Okay. So, kind of fun. Yeah. November 1st, 1935. After dinner, phoned Mrs. Cobb and went down to her office. Worked all afternoon with her. Took two long-distance calls. I'm learning fast. So, yeah, she's getting her job. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Um, No, I'm not saying we'll see. I'm saying that it's interesting how this job is going to change her position in the family. But we'll we'll watch that evolve together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. November 6th, 1935. After dinner, Francis and I cleaned up and went for Maxine. We walked nearly all the way to Lutzville. Frank Matthews picked us up at the bridge. We went to hear the Music Club Assembly program. Mother gave a talk. We girls went to wards afterwards, bought candy and Cokes. Jack called after I got home. He and Francis and I went to Lutzville, went to wards, and fought with him some. Oh, dear. Oh, Oh. Oh, dear. Well, you guys on the podcast world don't know this, but we had a little momentary break where Mark called his mom to ask her a question about something, and she remembers Ward's Cafe. Right. So Ward's is a place, and it's a little cafe, Mm -hmm. and they had a lot of little cafes. They did. I mean, Allen's. Really? And they had the Teeter's Candy Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of cute stuff going on. downtown area. But yeah, and Mother gave a talk at the music Uh, assembly program. Yeah? Yeah, how interesting. I know. I wonder what she talked about. Probably, she played music. (laughs) But but what would she talk about? Like how to form a choir or music theory? I doubt it. You know, Um, she wrote that little book. She may have like given us a clue in that book. Oh, maybe her poetry. Maybe she read her poetry. Mm -hmm. Oh, Right. We'll have to do a bonus episode podcast where we... 
have different people read her poems. Oh, great idea. Wouldn't I that love be fun? that. Yeah, they're we, really good. They the ones I've read are they're good, and we can yeah. get some of our fellow actor friends to I love read them. It. <gasps> Make Let's like a little it. audio book. Yeah, this will be yes. Bess's these will be poems. for the Patreon Bettys. Yeah, yeah, and that way we'll give you a little content that. while we're taking Let's a break. Remember that. Oh, I, I, it's, You're gonna know, it's edit I'm going to so talk good. to some of the. I have my, my show tonight. I'm going to yeah, talk to some of the good. female actresses tonight. Your show's great. Oh my god, it's just great. It was so. I got a nice text from your mom. Oh, good. But I was so happy they came. November 14th, 1935. After a big supper, we popped corn. It was so good. Then all us kids began to play dominoes, and then I heard Brownie barking like he always does when Jack comes. Then I heard footsteps on the porch, and Jack knocked. It was he, just back from the city, and all slicked up. We talked a while. He brought me some gum and candy, but I wouldn't eat any of it. I really did act too hateful. Uh, they have wow. a dog? Yeah, right. When they, did, did this happen? Dog? Yeah, when yeah, did Brownie did the dog show up in their no lives? Clue, huh? no. no mention. The la- only pet we've ever heard of was a little Danny cat. Danny boy. Danny boy the cat. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, good. N- Brownie the dog? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so she's still mad at Jack because mm-hmm. they quarreled on November 6th. This is the 14th. She's still mad at him. She says the word hateful. She acted hateful. Yeah, she had, probably I, just ignored him. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Innocent hate. But on this day, the NYA camp for the girls closed mm-hmm. at Marble Hill. Okay. So this was the length of their mm-hmm. stay. They mm-hmm. had a fashion show to show all the clothes they had repurposed, cool. which is really cool. One little part of the article about this camp closing was this little paragraph. When you return home, you will do things differently than you did before because you have a picture of your life, perhaps as you would like your life to be. Mm. It will take a long time to make a pattern for your life. You will have to overcome many hardships as success comes only by paying a price, but it will be worth the effort. Wise Aww. words. And yeah, and it, the, the speaker also said, the best advice anyone can give you is mm-hmm. to know yourself first, analyze your personality, find your hidden talents, and apply them each day. Amen, sister. That's a nice thing to say to women, particularly. Right. Get At to know time. yourself. Yeah, don't, right. You know, because men don't listen to those. M- well. Make you make a lot of decisions, like where you're going right. to live and how you're right, going to right. live. But if you know who you are, then you'll pick the right partner. Love it. I love it. So mm-hmm. good old NYA camp. November sixteenth, nineteen thirty-five. After supper, we waited for Ray to come take us to the dance. He didn't come, so we went with Jean. There weren't so many. At intermission, we went to wards with Mary Ellen and Mary. Went back to the dance, and Ray played so I could dance. I danced with Bill. I made 65 cents. Rode home with Jean. I kind of wanted Bill to bring me, but no. He has a grand-looking new Chevrolet sedan. She's making me have whiplash. I know, I know. But as soon as I read she wanted to ride in his new car, it's like, so ladies, <laughs> ladies, if you want right. to ride my Mercedes. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes. But she's dancing with Bill. Mm-hmm. And so if we knew where Ward's was, which we can ask we can, the twins, yeah, yeah. then we'll know where this dance hall was. And maybe oh, it's still okay. standing. Perhaps. I know, There's right? There's some neat buildings down there. That. So, well, yeah. Yes, and for some reason, I thought Wards was in Lutesville. I don't mm. know. I could be very wrong. I don't know if I know that from the future, mm. if I just made that up just now in my head. Okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. November 17th, 1935. Went downtown to work for Mrs. Cobb this morning at 1. Jack phoned and later came by. He stayed until just before 5. 
At five, I came home. Jack came by before I was ready, so he talked to the folks. They all went to church except Francis. We three acted crazy. Gee, Jack is darling, and I like him so much. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good reaction. Yeah, all hate, right. She's hateful so, to him, and now she likes him. Yeah, and, she, she teenager. What is she? Seventeen? Yeah. She's no, she's eighteen. She's eighteen. Eighteen now. and a half okay. at this point. Okay. Yeah, but it's funny, you know, how Jack comes. She goes to work at one. Jack shows up, and he stays there until five, mm-hmm. just hanging out while she's working, just mm-hmm. talking to her. I, you know, remember back in Bell, they'd go visit Pickles at mm-hmm. the drugstore mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. office. They just hang out with people while they work. Work was real casual. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had a job where, other than when I was a bartender, just hang out where you could just come and hang out with, with me your, while I work with your girlfriend. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's kind of fun. November 21st, 1935. Jack came after supper and we talked to the folks. Ate popcorn. After all the folks had gone to bed, he left in a few minutes. I don't know what was wrong with him. He wasn't mad. I wonder if he's getting tired of me. Oh, now I feel sorry for her. (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, I I don't understand. But this is giving me such heavy Tommy vibes. Right. I mean, just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Tommy Bird Tommy all Fox. over again. I know. Yeah, yeah. November 23rd, 1935. Jack came after supper while I was playing checkers with Leon. We sat in the living room. After the folks went to bed, we sat by the fire. It's cold. I wonder if that means they still don't have a stove. I bet it does. God, go get a that. stove. She has 65 cents. I'm so curious <laughs> what the inside of their house looked like. I mean, furniture? Or, I mean, Well, I remember when they left Bell, mom had written them a letter saying they were going to have some real cute furniture. Mm. And when they first get there, their very mm. first day in town, she's like, oh, I'm so grateful for the house and the cute furniture. Okay. So it looks like they Good. went out. They furnished that house. Okay. I wonder, too. How did they cook, though? I mean, uh, maybe the ha- maybe the rental came with a cook stove. Uh-huh. Because they have to use coal oil to mm-hmm. use it. So it must have already been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would imagine some things were, maybe it was a mm-hmm. partially furnished home. Mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah. you rented back then. Right. I remember seeing a lot of things for rent in the old Bell Banner. Mm-hmm. I don't Some of them were furnished. Some of them weren't. Hmm. I don't know. I guess it just okay. depends. December 1st, 1935. Went to Sunday school this morning and taught Cat's class. Jack was there, and I went in the car with him afterwards. After supper... Jack came to the house. We talked to the folks. After they had been dismissed, we had our own private session. Guess what, dear diary? He told me he loved me. Then before he left, he acted real queer. <laughs> well, I mean, he, maybe, you know, maybe his little heart was pattering too. If he actually confessed that he loved her, yeah. maybe he either wasn't ready to say it and it was spontaneous, uh-huh. or maybe her reaction was like, what? And he and didn't he know. he couldn't. He had to b- bail. And he didn't know, right? Yes. We've seen this in every romantic comedy ever. Right. But okay. he loves her. December 1st, 1935. Uh, that's, that's the first time a boy has ever told her that. Yeah. That's special. That's oh, really cool. Okay. So. Mm. December 2nd, 1935. Jack came up and we talked in his car. He said he had to go. So I got out and said bye. And he didn't even start his engine until I was on the porch. December 4th, 1935. Jack came and brought some flour. He stayed a while. He said he'd be over later with a game. After supper, Jack brought his beans game. We all played it and had lots of fun. 
So I looked up a beans game yeah. from the 1930s, mm-hmm. and it's a game called Don't Spill the Beans. And it's a game where you take turns placing plastic beans on a wobbly pot that's on okay. a little stand, and you have to be, you Balance. don't want it to tip over and uh-huh. spill the beans. Ah, so the more beans the in the pot, the more careful you need to be. Got it looks it. like a cute, yeah, yeah. cute little game. Yeah, and I'm sure they had a lot of fun. Yes. December 7th, 1935. After dinner, Mother, Francis, Helen, Daddy, and I went to Cape. We searched the town for twin sweaters and finally found some navy blue ones at Ward's. Francis got shoes and a hat. I wanted to find something for my little Jackie boy, but I couldn't find anything to suit. December 10th, 1935. Jack came to bring us a washing machine for demonstration. We did a gigantic washing. He informed us that Ray and Wilma ran off yesterday afternoon, and no one knew where they were. December 11, 1935. Leon and I had a fuss about him hanging around while Jack is here. After dinner, Maxine called. I went down, tried to learn to knit. We gossiped about the latest events of the day. Ray and Wilma's wedding. They came back today. Okay, now hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Is this the same Ray who Elizabeth had one thing. date with and who's been dating Francis for the past couple of months? Is it? I'm. Pr- I, 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 there's no think? other Ray. I'm pretty wow. sure it is. This is how casual dating was. Right. That you're like, uh, okay, not I'll you anymore. Go, yeah, but you. Ding, Two ding, weeks I'll get later. To you. Yeah, well, if it is, this is that Wilma right. slinkered Kirkpatrick uh, Kinder okay. that we've already met. That's yes. the Wilma. And Ray is actually Robert Kirkpatrick. Ah. And this has to be them because they uh, they have their first child in 1937. So that mm. kind of times out right. that they would get married at the end of 35. Uh, right. that, that works for me. And that's, but you know, Ray from Robert, like Bill from once Robert. Again. I mean, once again, not really a match, but who's to say how people get names? December 14th, 1935. Took the kids to practice after supper. Mother curled my hair. Francis and I went to Lutesville. The dance was after a show. There was a pretty good crowd. I danced with Bill. God damn. Okay, so Jack loves you, but Gosh. you're dancing with Bill. Yeah. I don't know. Because, huh. you know, when she met, Bill's a great dancer. That was the first thing she okay. ever said about right. him. He gave okay. her such a rush, and uh-huh. he's a great dancer. So I bet she has right. a lot of fun with him. He's nice looking. You right. know, he's tall and lean. We have that picture of him up, so you can go take a look at him. I, yeah. You know? Uh, mm, mm, mm. December 19th, 1935. After dinner, Francis and I got ready and went to town where we met Maxine and Mrs. Cobb. We all went to Cape and shopped all afternoon. Got books for Dean, Helen, and Leon, a tie clasp for Dad, picture for Francis, belt for Jack, and earrings for Mother. After supper, Jack came by. We went riding. He left mad. Too bad. There's a lot of fighting going on. There's a lot of... Emo- emotions are running emotions high. Are, I wonder if he was way. mad because he heard she danced with Bill. Right. She just bought him a, bur- a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. December 21st, 1935. After dinner, I had a terrible headache and laid around all afternoon. Dad brought me an invitation to an alumni banquet in Bell. Jack came after supper. No one was here but Dad and me. He brought his typewriter for me to type the story I wrote. After the folks came home and went to bed, we sat around and fought. He acted so hateful. Gee, 
I wish I could go to Bell. I'd give anything to be with ye old classmates again. Okay, that first of all, very sweet. Okay, first of all, he brought that washing machine mm-hmm. for them to sample mm-hmm. so they could do a whole bunch of washing. Mm-hmm. Jack is trying to make up for something here. Yeah, but I he love also it. brings his typewriter so yeah. she can type her story. I know. We've always talked about her being a storyteller. But the minute he's hateful, she wishes she could go back to Belle, but <laughs> she was so ready to leave Belle. I know. Remember? Yeah. So she's just, so Never she's going satisfied. through that, yeah, that yeah. hot and cold thing again. <laughs> so here we go. December 23rd, 1935. Fixed my story and took it to town and mailed it. Francis brought me a Christmas card from Bill. He asked me to stay with him in Bell. I wanted to go so badly, but have kind of gotten over it. After supper, I helped Leon wrap his Christmas gift for Mother. Mother helped me wrap Jack's. Well, I've given up trying to go to Bell. I wish I could. So she mailed a story. Yeah. This is not the first time she's magazine? mailed a story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hoping to get something published. Yeah. Oh, how I, I wish we had these. I know. I wonder what she wrote about. If yeah. it was another murder mystery or maybe it was a love story. Does she say whether they publish them ever? I, I don't. I think we would know. Yeah, I do I mean, too. for sure. I think yeah. she would have been like, oh my God. Right. Ladies Home Journal. So, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. December 24th, 1935. Maxine and I went to the beauty parlor this morning. We had an appointment at 9.30, but she couldn't take us until 11. Had my hair washed, set, and dried. After dinner, I just sat around. Helen brought me a present from Rex. It was a picture of himself. After supper, Jack came up. He gave me a five-pound box of candy and a new diary. I gave him his things. I took Mother downtown and got ready for the dance. I made a dollar sixty-five. Whoopee! Aww. There's so much to love about this entry. Yeah. Rex sent her a picture of himself, himself. for Christmas. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but He's she, the wrestler, right? Rex? No, that Rex uh, was... The, In Bell. He, mm-hmm, he was also a Wallace, a but Carl Wallace was the pugilist that was in the okay. paper. Yes. Rex was his brother. Uh, okay. But they're all still Wallaces. Okay. And who does Rex end up marrying? Mm. Oh, I don't remember. That's been so long. But she had recently sent him a picture of her. Oh, okay. So this was a little picture exchange. Okay. And she gets a new diary. Yes, I so love that we are, the most. We are a few days away from the end of the very first diary. And the next one was given to her by Jack I Hopkins. Know. Isn't that neat to know? Yeah. That... Or one of her boyfriends gave right. her that. That is so cool and that it's we know neat where that we it, have it that we know where it came from. Right. I just think and that's really cool. If you think about it, the first book of five years, it's the most raggedy of yeah, them. Yeah, of course. You know, and then Jack must have gotten the one that's really nice. It's really nice. I mean, it's leather. It's, it's thick. It's thick. a lot thicker than the other the one. The paper is a heavier stock. Uh huh. I mean, he definitely had the means to order. I mean, mm-hmm. he got it wholesale. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'll he bet. could get a nicer one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. December 25th, 1935. Merry Christmas, dear diary. It was late when we got everything done. Francis and I went to Ward's. He gave me a fruitcake. Came home and had a grand dinner. I went to work at one until four. Jack took us to Lutesville, and then we came home. We sat with the folks... After they had all gone to bed, we had our little confidential chatter. Bless his heart. He's so sweet, and I like him a whole lot. 
Oh. I wonder what a little confidential chata is. I know. What is that? <laughs> I think it might be a little smooching going like, yes. on. Wouldn't that be sweet? Confidential but he chatter. Is, <laughs> yes. But he did, is the only one of these boys who gave her a gift. Uh-huh. I mean, Ward uh-huh. gave her a fruitcake. Maybe everyone got one right. who came into the store that day. Yeah. But I don't see... Bill yeah, show, or Ted or anybody else. Jack showing up. But he, five pound box of candy. I hear you. He knows the way to her heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> December 28th, 1935. Got on our snow riggings and rode to Maxine's on some boys' sleds. She told me that Lucille told Walt about the telephone conversation I had overheard on Christmas. I went straight to Lucille's and we quarreled it out. We both cried. After dinner, I did a little bit of nothing. I've been mixed up on account of this morning's episode. Gee, I hate it because Lucille betrayed my trust in her. I just talked too mean to her. And I know I've never talked to any girl like that. Mm. Okay, well, that's eavesdropping on the phone. She told me that Lucille Lucille, told Walt about the conversation. Yeah. So what did what did she overhear? Yeah. That she got so mad. That's gossip, gossip, gossip. Over the telephone. Yes. She listening in. What? Somebody talking she about Walt? The deets or, on that. You know, <laughs> if maybe if it wasn't a five-year page diary, we could yeah, have gotten more details. True. December thirtieth, nineteen thirty-five. Went to town and got some galoshes this morning. I got Frances a table scarf to embroider for her birthday. Little Frances is 22 today. Bless her heart. Jack called at supper and said he'd be by. We all went to the school hill and coasted. It was so good. The moon was pretty and it wasn't a bit cold. I had a lot of fun. Another year almost gone. December 31st, 1935. Frances set my hair this morning. Jack came and I had my hair all rolled up. We talked in the car for a while. Jack said he was staying home and not coming to the dance if I didn't want him to, so I said for him to stay home. I just wonder if he did. Mary Ellen took me to the hall. There was a pretty good crowd, and I had a good time. Danced with Bill before and at intermission. I made a dollar seventy-five. Grandma playing mind games. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So this is crazy, Mark. Yeah. This is the last entry yeah. on the last day of the first diary. Yep. And what's going on? Cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It, did Isn't Jack, that wild? Do, why she, didn't, it was New Year's Eve. Why yeah. didn't Jack go to the dance to yeah, see his girlfriend right. play? He could have danced with her at intermission. Well, and she here said, she is dancing with Bill. Well, she said she didn't want him to go. They were playing. A, he was like, "Well, they were you know, playing if games. you want me to, right? Well, if you don't want Team, to, then exact, you don't have to come. Well, then was. I won't come. All right, fine, don't come. That's right. Hi, Bill. Yes, but I love it. It's I a cliffhanger, yes, and it is. you guys are going to have to have a little wait before we dive into 1936, mm-hmm. which will be. I'm not going to. I don't know when. We do have some things in store for you. Like I said, there'll be twin talk coming out for you guys next week. If you. Uh, if you want to get Twin Talk early, the whole what do you call it? the whole interview mm-hmm. is on our Patreon right now. So you could go listen to it and get ahead of all the other Bettys. And then we'll have our little part two. We're going to be reading some Hobgoblin House. Looks like we've got some poetry mm-hmm. jam yes. coming up. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> so we do have some things planned, even though Liz here is going to take a much Good. needed break yes, from research. Please. We are sending please, an please. emissary to Marble Hill. Hopefully. To, uh, you know, I think even if uh-huh. you're... This cousin you're talking yeah. about can't do it. 
there is somebody, somebody there. Yeah. Even if it's a, um, a Betty. Right. Because I'll, I'll gladly pay them. Right. I'll pay the library. It's a I lot just of need, photos to be taken. Though. It's a lot of photos. But at the same time, if the, it, I, I need the front page mm-hmm. and I need the social column. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be enough. So that right. would just be two pages. Right. And it's a weekly paper. It's weekly. Probably a four to six page paper. Yeah. Maybe a couple of ads or would be fun. So I'm not too They're picky. on microfiche, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it shouldn't be too hard flip with your phone. That's what I'm thinking. It should hopefully. be pretty easy. I yeah. mean, someone could probably cover it all in an afternoon mm-hmm. and I'll pay them for their time. Is, is that the Marble Hill Library? This is in the Bo- it's in Marble Hill, but okay. it's the Bollinger County gotcha. Library. And let's see. Uh, G- and G- Elizabeth G- started G- a library there, by the way. That library. That library? Well, I mean, it was the Marble Hill Library. Right. I mean, now it, she it, it's, started a little one room. Yeah, but it was that mm-hmm. was the seed. It was indeed because wow. she was a big reader. She was instrumental in hiring the librarian who would come. That well, librarian will end up giving her books to read and she'll be classically literally cheese. <laughs> that a word? Yeah. Educated. I mean, well, she should a, have no problem sending us the bell. But. You would you I, I would think because the one sweet little lady mm-hmm. I talked to on the phone said that she stayed after work one night mm-hmm. to send me all that fair stuff and oh. she just got into it because okay. she was finding her own family well, in the paper uh-huh. so maybe you know it'll work out for a little extra cash in her pocket at Christmas time <laughs> she would <laughs> bribing the librarian <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm open and without shame <laughs> but in True. the meantime guys we will have some stuff for you I cannot wait to start sharing the new diary with you guys maybe by the end of this year or the first of January so what you're saying is this is season one one and the podcast is now wrapped up so as we start 1936 which we might start in January, wouldn't that be a fun January in January? Yeah, I would. mean, of course, we'll get ahead real, right. quick, real quick. But we, we, you know, we'll have some things planned for you. Yeah, we'll have yeah. some, we're not going to, you know, maybe Mark and I will jump in for a and a Yeah. You could start sending us some questions. Maybe we'll have a couple of spoilers for you. Little tiny little spoilers. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have some fun in the meantime. And we'll, uh, I'll get my head out of the game for a minute. Good. I'm yeah. glad. You, yeah. She, she it, means, this, this I mean, is a year. This We've is been doing this a year. 27. That's a lot of us talking. And, and the, you talking and then you know the patreon i've probably recorded 35 episodes that's wild oh my god so i've loved every minute of it i'll love every minute of it next year and And we love melissa and we love Melissa yeah, and, and everybody family. else. And everybody else. Sent All us things. Yeah, keep sending me messages. You might you may never know what you're going to hear on it. And we'll see you next year. We'll see you. We'll see you when we see you. Well, How about with that? the diaries. We'll see you before then. Yes. I mean, we're going to do stuff. Yeah, we'll be around, but the diary will be back yeah, in right. 2024. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm from Williston, Florida, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries.